0: You...
1: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch conjure. I am Ephi Abeo. Oh, grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair. Grab a pillow, blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. Get you something cola drink, something hot, some water, some juice, some tea, some coffee. Hell, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. Oh! It has been one hell of a an adventure, a week, all that. First of all, I wanna shout out. Thank you for every single one of y'all that have sent me an email, a text, a DM, a message saying that y'all enjoyed my podcast. Shout out to you. Even to the ones that say I need to sit the fuck down. I don't know why I'm talking and that I don't make no sense, and that my life is fucked up, I even give thanks to you. Shout out to you, because everything is grateful for me. You took the time out to tell me how boring and fucked up my podcast is. Man, I appreciate you, because I don't have the time. I, I don't. If I don't like something, I'm not going to send a long paragraph or an email. I'm just not going to listen. I'm not going to subscribe. I'm not going to be a part of it. But you, a few of y'all, took the time out to tell me I need to shut the fuck up. And I think a few of y'all are hiding behind because you said, my fat ass. Okay. (laughs) Like, thank you. So that means you took the time out to find out who I was to listen Still got a coin for you listening. And for you to really write me a long-ass paragraph to tell me that I'm fucked up, I'm narcissist, I'm horrible, I'm a liar, my life don't mean shit, and who told me to get a podcast? Thank you. thank I appreciate you. I do. I appreciate you. Those are the ones that I love, believe it or not. You took the time out of your busy day to write me and tell me how fucked up I am. Besides that, you took the time to listen, so thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. And when that check posted, twelve midnight last night, or well, early this morning, I thank you even more. Thank you, because I get paid for doing the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Not once did any one of y'all say, "Well, I'm not, subs- I'm, I'm unsubscribing." You're still listening, so I'm gonna give you five minutes of pa- fame. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Thank you for the positive, the negative, the feedback. It's feedback. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the hate. Thank you for the listening. Thank you for the gossiping. Thank you for all of that. Thank you. I love what my sister says. She's going to be crowned O'Goone. She said, Why are you upset, mad, or going at these people? At the end of the day, they're listening. And you're getting paid. So whether they hate you, like you, or whatever, you're still getting something out of it. So you're relevant and holding space in their heads. They're not holding shit in yours. So why are you you worried? At the end of the day, why are you worried? She said, majority of people that's going to hate on you, they're mad and they're upset because they didn't follow it. They could have had the same vision. But because they want to be validated or they procrastinating, Then that's what they get. Uh, That's one of the conversations I want to talk about is procrastinating. We all do it. I'm not even going to lie. It's many a times where, you know, I look back and been like, damn, if I just did it the first time or did it instead of finding excuses or not doing it, I, I would be so further along. You know, and there's many factors on why people procrastinate. There's many factors of why people do and wait until the last minute. You know, it's either sometimes it's unforeseen circumstances. Sometimes it can be because the other person wasn't ready. Sometimes it can be you want validation from people that's in your circle and they're never giving it. Um, Sometimes it could be fear, fear of success as well as fear of failure. You know, what if you do make it? Oh, my goodness. Can I hold up to that? I remember when my son asked me, I said, oh, my God, I got 120 views. He said, what if you get a million? You think I could get a million? Like, I was, I, I didn't even think that far off. I, I was happy with, shit, you couldn't. I was walking the stars with sunglasses on, like, please don't talk to me. I have 120 views. He was like, so what happens when you get a million? And when I got a million views, I'm going to tell you, I was still broke. (laughs) Y'all thought I was going to say shit was shining? No. I was still broke. I was still dropping Peter to pay Paul. I was still trying to figure it out. Nothing happened except that a million people that may know me or may not know me saw my shit. That That was it. That was it. That was it. I didn't get signed on anything. I wasn't famous. I didn't get a record contract. A million-dollar check wasn't in my bank account. I didn't get nothing but a million views. (laughs) My life didn't change at all. I was still Eva Bale, a.k.a. Donna, a.k.a. Mama Journey, a.k.a. Girl, sit your ass down somewhere. That's who I was. I didn't become no more, no less. Y'all thought I was going to say a million views, I got to check. No, no. Matter of fact, right after that, somebody reported one of my videos and my ass was in Facebook jail for 30 days. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I stayed in Facebook jail for real. I stayed there. But procrastination. I waited so long to do so many things. I mean, I'm happy I started. And, you know, finish some of the projects and goals that I set out. But majority of was, and I'm not even going to lie, I was waiting on those people that were around me. I thought they would support me, you know. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, I remember when I wrote my first, you know, book, my first workbook. And I gave it to people, and they were like, okay. Uh, the only one that was more excited for me was this young woman named Dorothy. She's going to be crowned in my yard. That was the only one. She took my book, redid it, copied it, made it so beautiful, the workbook. And I was so appreciative of her, like for real. Seriously. And don't get it wrong, because I don't want to sound like crash or ungrateful. I was grateful for what she did, real talk. But I was still looking for applause and validation From the people that I was around every day. My family and those that I considered my close friends. Them motherfuckers ain't say boo. I was like, yo, y'all gonna buy my book? Y'all gonna, you know, get my workbook? They was like, no. Like, real talk. They were like, no. (laughs) So you know what I did? After this beautiful sister revamped it, printed it up, gave me over. 200 copies, and I didn't, I I offered her money, she didn't even take it, and she kept one for herself, she said, I believe in you, here it is, a stranger, that I didn't grow up with, but I, I have a great love for her, but I wanted the warmth and the applause of those that were around me, but then, and I never got it, so you know what I did, I put the book up, all of the copies, put them up, put them up. If you didn't ask for it or wanted to buy it, I just left it. So I had a big box full of all of my books. And it was really sad because she put a lot of work into it. But I couldn't see the help from her. Because I was too busy looking behind thinking my day ones and those, you know, my family, my loved ones, the people that I'm around, thinking they would be there to support me. And let me tell you, they never did. Not one fucking time. I'm not even going to lie. Not one time. I had to guilt trick them to come to my shop. My brother, man, when he came, me and him took a picture. We in all white. He said, I really feel fucked up. We was at a, a family function. And he said, I really feel fucked up. And everybody was sitting around. He said, because my baby sister... Opened up a shop. Did something that all of us wanted to do. But we never did it. And we won't even go and support her. Yeah, that was the realest shit anybody ever said. He said, and I felt fucked up when I did go. He said, and I never went back. He said, and it wasn't because I wasn't proud of her. It wasn't because, you know, she did something. He said, she made me see that... I was lazy, I didn't really want it, and y'all, you know, I was a little jealous, so I didn't go back. He said, because she, and I was, you know, packed that day, but me and him still took a picture and everybody was giving him love and stuff, and he said, she did something and she made it into a reality, because she kept on saying, "Oh, I'm going open the store, I'm going open the store. He said, and we didn't support her, and... Now she don't have it. I said, Well, I, I flipped it and put it online. And he was like, but damn, just imagine if we would have all came in and helped you. Now, he spoke from the heart. My other brother and I was like, Well, I don't believe in that. You know, the Jesus. I'm I'm with Jesus. And I was like, Wow. Not nobody, nobody went to him and was like, damn, man, I feel you are cuz. No. They were like, well, I don't believe in that. That's her. I, I practice Jesus. I'm a Christian. I can't be around that. None of that. But they ain't have a problem with asking me for money. They ain't have a problem with saying, hey, girl, I had a dream. What this mean? Go ask your Jesus. Like, and, but I didn't want my bitterness or my anger to take away. So you know what I did? I fucked up my own self. I started procrastinating. I ain't do shit. I was like, you know, fuck it. Because in my head, I'm like, yo, family and friends and I'm supposed to be there to support you. But when I got initiated, yeah, I'm going to that. And I started, you know, getting my readings and started learning about me. I remember when, because I was, I was, I was going to walk away from reading. So I was going to walk away from tarot cards and stuff like that, helping people. And i never forget, I was sitting on the mat and Frank, Frank Bell, the Oba, he said, you can't stop her from reading. That's her calling. He said, her calling is that and making baths and all of that. He said, that's her calling. He said, you can't stop her from that. He said, that's what you were born to do. I went over to go see my Uncle Moses, God bless his dad, Ebae. He gave me a picture with him and my grandmother in the kitchen. He said, you know, when your grandfather would go to work, your grandmother would open up her kitchen and read people with her cards. He said, so when Bill, which is my, bro- my father, he said, so when Bill um, told me that you were out here reading cards and your fortunes, he said, I knew that was Mama. Then when I went to see my Aunt Louisa Eby, she passed away, she said, your mother and them were a dreamer, like your mother stayed around herbs and stuff, and she'd take a herb and make a bath. She said, so when you told me all the things you did, I knew that was us. So it confirmed if I had any doubts. But that still wasn't enough for me to be on point. You know what it took? My friend Ozzy dying. And my friend that was a balletto, she died. Because they have all these gifts and they didn't use them. They, Ana, my friend Anna, Ibai. They had all these gifts They had all of these visions, all of these things they wanted to do. And they got to do some of them, but not all of them. By procrastinating, wanting validation from people, and thinking they weren't good enough. And listening to the outside noise of telling them they can't. And having people say, you're not qualified to do that or to gatekeep you or tell you what you can't do. And if you were were smart, you wouldn't do it or you can't make no money by this, or you know, you're stupid, no one's gonna follow you. I blocked out every single noise. No, I did not make a goal to say, once I write a book, that's it, no. My goal is never ending. Because I know if I reach it, my job is done, and I'm not going to do it anymore. But I did say I have two years of flipping cards and doing all that. And after this year, I got one more year, and I'm done. You're going to pay me plenty to come out of retirement. But other than that, I won't be doing the spiritual stuff. I got enough stories to write books and books and books and experiences. But I know when we sit down and try to save things for later, we wind up missing out on the blessings, the opportunities, all of that. Yeah, I know sometimes it could be our health, it could be us in bad relationships, it could be us, you know, in where we are, where we're living, be uncomfortable, but all of that should be tools to make you even want to do it more. Share a story with you. I love my goddaughter. Shout out to Melissa for even accepting me in her house and around her family. But I knew that I needed my own. She didn't bother me. I paid my rent. She, you know, I made sure she got her money. Sometimes if I had a good, a good, um, month, I pay her double, right? So I was grateful. And, you know, I stayed respectful, I cleaned up, I did, you know, the things I did. I, I was never a bad tenant, right? At least in my eyes. So I was never a bad tenant, and I'm forever grateful. And even afterwards, you know, she helped my stuff until I made that commitment to get my stuff back, and now, you know, I said I'm done, and I'm grateful. But we, we get so comfortable, and we put things off because... We don't want to accept that challenge, right? So me living there, it was great, but I still wanted my freedom. I wanted to be able to say if I wanted to stay in bed all day, if I wanted to go and cook whatever I wanted to, or if I didn't want to be bothered with no one, I could be in my house. So I needed my own space. So I made a commitment, right? So finally, i never forget I had COVID and I was praying. Um, when I tell you, I must have prayed like there was no prayer before. I prayed. I said, y'all told me that we will all live under the same roof. Because I didn't have my riches then either. I said, and y'all didn't say I would die with unfinished business. I got the money, got my riches, So I set them up. And I prayed to you. I said, Mama. We need our own. We need where y'all can have your own room and, you know, people can come and see you. And, you know, I want to be able to have y'all, like, beautiful. We can't do that here. This is not ours. All right? I would get no flowers, man. I would go out and get flowers and everything. And then I moved. But it wasn't without putting in work. I couldn't get so comfortable that I forgot the very promise and the very prayer I prayed. When I had got money, I was putting it aside. Yeah, I brought the things I needed, but I was putting it aside. And I never forget, you know, I was moving my stuff up here after I got the apartment. And yeah, my friends and family and them, even my son and them was like, Oh, you moving up there? Oh my goodness, you're crazy. But I know now, didn't know then, but I was determined. I know now that sometimes God gotta remove you from everybody so you can appreciate what you have and learn who you are and heal from everything you was going through. I was going through people pleasing, trauma bonding, bad fucking relationships, not loving myself, man. Hoping that the world would support me. uh, Well, not the world, but my loved ones and my family. So I was all kinds of fucked up. But to the world, I looked like I had it all together. Real talk. Oh, to the world, I knew how to wear a mask. <laughs> For real. I knew how to wear a fucking mask. To the world, I was everything. Okay. She got it together. But behind that, I was miserable. I was in a fucked up relationship. I didn't know how to do nothing. I had other people doing shit for me. But I was fronting like I could do it. And see, I knew one day that they were going to remove the mask or I could not continue living a fucking lie. Because wasn't, it wasn't sitting well with me. And when I made that commitment to myself to say, Nah, I'm not gonna live this fucking phony life, and really live like Donna, Efi, Bale, Mama J. She gonna live the life that God destined, that Efi told her, that her dude told her. She gonna live that life with no fear. Yeah, people can mock you. People going to point at you. People going to talk about you. The very ones you love may betray you. But I I couldn't hold it. I couldn't. I could not hold that mask up no more. It was becoming heavy. That mask turned into a mirror. And every morning when I looked at that fucking mirror, I did not like what I seen. Because it was a lie. Real talk, it was a lie. And then I had people, trauma bonding is real. Let me tell y'all that. I had people that, as long as I was living a fucked up life, oh, they loved me. Because their lives was fucked up. Ain't nobody want to heal. We said we were healing. But we weren't. We were not. We were just using that to talk about other people and buy shit to make other people look at us. I went to an event. And everybody was like, yo, let's take pictures so everybody can see us so they can be jealous. Like, that's the shit I was around. It was, it was corny. It was broken. It was, it was a lie. It was false. It wasn't nothing that you would want, really, in your life today. And the more I held that mask, the heavier it became. The more I felt guilty, ugly, ashamed. And then when I separated myself, couldn't trauma bond. Had to heal from that. Started being active in therapy. I already spoke about that. Everybody in therapy, but nobody's actively in therapy. They're in therapy because it's something to write about. (laughs) But... (laughs) You got to talk. You got to talk about the shit that you don't want to talk about. You got to remove that Band-Aid. You got to throw that mask away and break that motherfucker. So you Don't throw it away because we go looking for shit. Oh, I threw it over here. I'll be it. No, no. I broke that motherfucker into millions of pieces. Then set that motherfucker on fire and sent the ashes to the wind. Yeah, that's what I did. So I knew when I started making... Small changes, those small changes started affecting me. And the first change I did was move. I moved. The second change was getting my Arisha and putting them where they needed to be. The third third change was holding myself accountable. for all the shit I was allowed to happen, all the shit I did, then as each time go, I was making a change. And then I had to look back and say, all the shit I was scared to do, I accomplished it. I was scared to stand on my own. I was scared to confront people because I didn't want them to stop loving me. I was scared... To say, yo, this is not the kind of relationship I want. I was scared to walk in my truth. I was scared to tell my friends, yo, nah, you wrong for that. Like, nah, man, we don't do that. I was scared to step out on faith. We all say it, but we don't all do it. I was scared to say, yo, I'm a thing for me. Not what the masses do. Fuck with the masses. I don't follow the crowd. Cause if I followed the crowd, I would not be where I'm at today. Cause the crowd told me everybody gonna boo me. The crowd told me everybody is gonna laugh at me. And ain't very male way. She ain't laugh. Shit, I laugh at me sometimes too. But I did it. And those same ones will sit in my face and be like, "Girl, I always believed in you." And you know what my reply is? Girl, don't lie. <laughs> don't do that. That's not what, we do. That, that's not what we're going to do. That, that, no. So removing myself, allowing myself to grieve and mourn. See, I mourn for the death of my ex-husband. I mourn for the loved ones that I lost 15 people in one year. It's a lot. But I grieved. For all the things I allowed to happen in my life. I needed that time to shed it off. And to heal that person that I was. That allowed all that shit to happen. I couldn't procrastinate no more. I had to step up. Or move out the fucking way. Yeah. I had to step up or move out the way. See... We go through these things in life and we make these promises and we set out these goals. And then when we hear booze from the crowd or we don't get the love and support that we assume from people that's supposed to be, we give up. I remember when I said, Joe, I want to be, you know, I want to I do lives. I want to talk. I want to, you know, go around and teach. I want to help people and You know, teach them and help them understand and, you know, just do something to make this world a better place. And I remember when my godfather said, don't fold. And I was like, what? He was like, don't fold. He said, because not everybody going to think you qualify for the job. Not everybody is going to support you. Not everybody is going to clap for you. Not everybody is going to be happy for you. So don't fold when you see it, when you see a bad review, when you see somebody dogging you out, when you see somebody talking about you. And mind you, it won't all come from strangers, it come from the very people you know. Don't fold. And it's easy to say, nah, I ain't gonna fold. Man, when I first saw all that shit, that shit rocked me. It did. I became angry. I wanted to lash out. I wanted to fight. Man, I wanted to do all that. Because I was like, these people don't know me. <laughs> but I did it behind closed doors because the next day I showed up. <laughs> and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. I remember Angel said, they don't understand you because you keep showing up. You keep coming and you keep doing. So they don't, they'll don't. they go harder and harder. But you keep showing up. He said, after a while, they're going to stop fucking with you because they can't break you. They got to move to the next person. It, wasting their time. He said, every day, show up. Show up like it's your first day there. Show up. Happy, sunny. Just the sad part is every time I showed up, Behind that happy, sunny disposition was a broken woman. Broken. Personally, (laughs) mentally, physically, spiritually, I was broken. And I wanted to every day just say, yo, I want to do this. Every day. I was like, yo, nah. But I'll get up, get dressed, say a prayer, and go ahead and show up. For real. And all those people thought they broke me. ah, in a way they did. I just wouldn't give them the satisfaction. I still showed up. So in a way, yeah. They rocked me a little bit. Not gonna lie. But I still showed up. I didn't know how to give up. Because something in me that had a fire burning. And before I explain this, I used to always ask people, "Yo, how do you overcome adversity? How do you overcome continuing after people dog you out and all that? What gets you going? And everybody used to say the same thing. It's a fire in you. It's just something in you. It's a, a voice, a spirit, something that motivates you. And I understand. I did get it. I used to be like, yeah, okay. If you don't want to tell me, then don't. Until you go through it. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. It was something in me. Here I am broken, fat, overweight, in a loveless fucking relationship, not loving myself, people around me using me. I'm sitting here being a fucking sucker like all that. But I still showed up because it was something in me that would not allow me to fail and give up. Like, for real. And they was like, oh, you can't. My homeboy, right? But new. like that was my dog. I remember sending him parts of a book I was writing. He was like, oh, you, you don't know what you're doing. I would give up writing. I would, you know, throw it away. Like you go, you need to learn to get some classes because, yo, you sound, you, you don't sound right. And Ibae, i never forget. I sent it to O'Channy Ling. And I said, you know, I don't need you to publish me or anything, but this is what I wrote. And I started writing, like, little stories. And he wrote me back. Is the person an author? Are they an editor? Do they have any experience in writing a book? I said, no. He said, why are you listening to him? I said, oh, because, you know, he was one of my friends. He said, no, he's not a friend. He said, if he did, why are you listening to him? You're a good writer, right? And he shared his story. Man, there's so many rumors about him writing. So many. Oh, he stole this, he did this, he did that. And he can't, y'all still brought his book. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. So I asked him, like, how do you move forward? He said, you keep going. Then, happy birthday to the chick that I'm amazed by, Sierra Sullivan, right? The chick that did the vulva man sin and the pussy readings and all that. Yo, she can write a new book. They done dogged her out, talked about her. Now she's going to write the story of her lifetime. Like, she's writing a new book. Every time somebody says something or a group of people go at her, she write a new book and make more money. Like, <laughs> For real. Yo, I love people like that because I look at them and say, well, why? Why didn't you give up? Why didn't you allow? They was like, fuck those people. They brought the book. How do you know what's in my book? Or how do you know what's in it? They brought it. They read it. It doesn't matter. The same way when everybody was like, yo, burn Nike. Do you think Nike gave a fuck? You already brought the sneakers. Do you think they care? You can sit there and go, Thread for thread, why you don't like Nike? You still brought they item. They don't give a fuck. The check cleared. The same way where he was like, they talk about my book, but they brought it. And if they didn't buy it, they had their friend buy it. So you took the time to sit here and discredit the whole thing. But at the end of the day, the check cleared. You brought it. And people attended his classes. People loved him. I know I did. A lot of people didn't. And that was on them, But I'm grateful that I had the chance to talk to him. I'm grateful that he, you know, thought about me. I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. And every other author that I met, yo, I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for them. Because we get into this mode of not doing and not accomplishing because we get lazy and the reason why we don't want to finish, one is we're scared of success, that fear of success, and then the fear of failure. But we're listening to the people that never did shit that we're on the journey of doing. I remember when, you know, I started reading cards. Shout out to Rachel, my first teacher. And, see, a person got to make an impact on your life if you can remember the date the time. And the person that taught you. And Rach was that. And when those, everybody was sitting there saying, oh my God, you shouldn't read cards. That's horrible. You know, black people don't do that. And these are the same people. Hey, you know, um, can you read me? Yeah. Can you, When you paid me, when that money hit. Oh, oh. One girl I had to really, like, put in her place. I'll never forget that. Where she was like, I'll pay you, you know, when you read me, I'll pay you after. No, we're not doing that. And like, she would call me middle of the night, like two, three o'clock in the morning, and be like, Oh, read me. Bitch, I do work on your tongue. Like, I know you're lying. Oh, but we grew up together. I don't give a flying fuck. Like, no. See, when people understand or know that you're hurting or they know your problems that you're going through, they going to try to benefit off of it. Trust me. They don't give a fuck if you're going through a problem. They want you to be able to be available for their asses. It's the part when you start healing and separating yourself. Then they got a problem. Now you ain't shit. They never liked you. Oh my God. You know, you're phony. You're all this. Because you started setting boundaries. You, you are not lazy no more. You ain't procrastinating. You, you're setting these things and you're accomplishing them. And you're moving forward. And you're consistent. Motherfuckers don't like when you're consistent. Nah. They can't stand that. Like, what? You know, I I remember, like I said, I was in a relationship that, to the outside world, oh, he was great. Now, let me me just tell y'all this, right? Because this is my story. And I remember my mother was telling me this. And I didn't learn it until I was grown. You know... I would be in an argument with my ex-husband and I have all my friends in it, right? All of them. All my friends is in it. They all, y'all hate him, hate him. Like, you know, when you're married, married, either get some counseling, work it out, or separate. But you adding your friends, your homegirls, and everybody in it, that don't make you look like you the innocent one you're the victim. No. Real talk. Like I had everyone hate my ex husband. I really did. And they would they now he wasn't he wasn't a weak nigga. That I I give to him. When I see motherfuckers doing that, like yo, he he'll answer back. Like he wasn't that dude. You know, shout out to his ass because he wasn't. Like, if one of my friends, if Teresa wanted one of them, be like, oh, fuck him. He'd be like, no, fuck you. He'd he be like, yo, let me talk to you for a minute. And I'd be sitting there, what? You know, because I'm showing up in front of my friends. What? He's just like, yo, stop. Because you, you, you're going to wind up getting them fucked up, and you going to get fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So, when you add your friends into your marriage, married. I ain't talking about going together. Yeah, it's married. That doesn't make you the innocent one. It really makes you lack, like, all kinds of respect and all that. Because now these people are in there and how they helping you. They really co-signing on your bullshit. Because my brother gave me the best advice. My brother, man. He said, Joe, if you ain't happy, why you still there? Real talk. If you are not happy, why you still here? If you don't want to be with this nigga and this nigga is all horrible and all of that then why are you still there? So the problem must not be him. It got to be your ass. Real talk. And you know what I did? Divorce paper signed. I lived my fucking life. Real talk. Divorce paper signed. I lived my fucking life. But most people stay. Because in reality, like my brother said, It ain't always the other person that's the problem. Sometimes it's your ass. But you got your amen choir with you. And they sitting there hyping you on. With your bullshit, that's trauma bonding. The only thing we got, cause they in fucked up relationships, you in a fucked up relationship. That's the only thing we got as friends. That's the only thing that's bonding us. But God forbid if one of them start getting some healing and start saying, "Yo, I don't want this. This ain't what I want," and start living a healthy life to find a healthy relationship. Now she ain't shit. Oh, she ain't shit. She ain't. Yeah, yeah. So I, I shout out to my brother because sometimes you need a man to kind of check you. With some real shit. Not that, oh, yeah, he wrong, he is. No, I was wrong. Why am I staying? Why do you stay places that you're not happy with? Why are you procrastinating? Why are you dragging your feet? That's the question you should ask yourself. If you're not happy, oh, well, I love him. He don't know how to treat me. He didn't see that. He didn't see that. Then why are you there? Why are you there? Go find your happiness. Fear being found out, holding up a mirror, seeing yourself. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part. And then, also, I didn't want to teach my children, my grandchildren, that you would stay in a loveless, miserable fucking union. You're not happy. So why are you there? Why are you procrastinating? Why are you scared to make that, that step? I was like, nah, I don't stay nowhere where I'm not I have my piece is everything. So why I'm here? Like for real, I had to sit there and was like, why? Wow. Cause he had a crib? Shit, I'd rather live in a box. Cause he what? What? Real dead. He had money. He was he was dugging. He was doing all that. But why was I still there? Fear. I wanted. I didn't want to leave the crib. You know, it wasn't mine, but I didn't want to leave it. Just all of that. But then when my brother told me that, I was like, "Yo, I packed up my shit, to the boys, yo, I'm out. Where you going? I don't give a fuck. Wherever my feet lead me. But they to be my happiness, and I did, and it was the best decision." that I ever made it, You know, I remember him saying, I didn't ever think you would leave. And I looked at him and said, you know what? I didn't think so neither, but I had to learn to love me more. He said respect and walked away. Real talk. I did, I walked away and I was happy for it. I was, I was happy. I didn't wish him no bad. I didn't give a fuck what he did with his life. Real talk. And now I'm at a place that I remember a friend of mine called and was like, yeah, you know, I saw you. I was like, yeah, I hope he I hope he, you know, has a good life. And he was like, you don't hate him? No, for what? I don't hate him. I don't wish bad on him. I don't. I I really hope that he have a great life. Because he deserves it. I'm not going to call him an evil man no more. Me and him just didn't work out. He's a good man for somebody. He just wasn't a good man for me. And hopefully, I'm was a. I'm a good woman for somebody. I just wasn't a good woman for him. And it's okay. It's okay. See, when you get to that spot where you're like, yo, I don't wish you bad. But my happiness matters. I got granddaughters and grandsons. Why do you stay someplace where you're not happy? I don't give a fuck if they hold all the cars. I don't care if they have a beautiful home. I don't care. Man, let me tell you. Elsie used to always say you date motherfuckers with some amazing apartments and homes, and you fall in love with the homes and the apartments. You don't even fall in love with them. What? This dude had this apartment. Man, when I tell you this shit was out of better homes and gardens, I'm talking about, I'm taking pictures and sending it to Angel and Elsie and them. And he's like, well, what about the guy? I was like, oh, fuck him. But I knew he was toxic. Real talk. Because you, when you don't heal, you draw all that shit to you. Because you the mirror. You draw all that to you. But his apartment, he had an island in the middle. Oh my God, this fucking apartment was everything. The kitchen was out of a magazine. And he fixed this shit up. And I, you couldn't tell me that, yo, I can be here. But then, real talk, I cannot make this shit up. Man, I heard my sister said pack everything and leave tonight. And I was like, yo, they ain't even going to let me take all these bags. She said, pack everything. And you just saw me running around like the color purple, packing everything. And getting the fuck up out of the Dodge. Because that man was literally crazy. We would have both been in jail. For real. And I was like, nah, my peace is everything. I would rather be uncomfortable, live in a shelter, live in a box, live on the street, and have happiness and peace of myself than live with someone knowing that it is no love there, knowing that it is no reconnection, none of that. Like, I hate you. I done told all my friends about you, all of that, how much I hate you. So I'm only going to stay because it's comfortable. I don't give a fuck. I remodeled the house. I did all that. I ain't give a fuck. I left because I love my peace. And I love me. I love me. I love me some me. I'm serious. I love me. I love me. I can't. And I'm not saying this to convince y'all. I'm letting y'all know, like, I love the shit out of me. And it took me years to be able to say, yo, I love me. I don't walk in a room now and think who likes me. I walk in a room and see if I like them. <laughs> like real talk. I don't give a fuck. I, and I go places by myself. I don't roll with an entourage. None of that. And when I walk in a room, I'm walking in as E5 Bay. I know who I am. I don't need the dressing. I don't need the accolades. I'm walking in to know who I am. And I'm being me. Either you like it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. Shit, I'm not for everybody. I'm good with that because everybody ain't for me. But I love me some me. And when you learn to love you and build up your self-esteem. My father, used to, I, I explain it like when people go, oh, my God, how did you get here? Like, you know, how did you build up your self-esteem? Why don't you care what people think? My father, I always playing how my father said. He said, your first fight will make you or break you. That first fight, right? Because that's the era I grew up in. I ain't going to recommend it for anybody else because I don't, you know, subscribe to violence all the time, okay? Um, my father used to always say, that first fight will let you know. Like, that first physical fight will let you know. Will let, he's, especially him. Let you know if you're a fighter or you're a foe, right? Because that first hit, you ever been punching your face? You ever been hitting your jaw? You ever had your eye black? No, don't tell me, oh, because I'm a great fighter. No, Mm mm-mm. See, you got to be able to take a hit in order to give one. So I had all. Face hit, eye black, face swollen, whole nine. I ain't buckled. That first hit, oh, shit. It just made me become a beast and go after even more. Yeah, because that first hit will tell you everything. Motherfuckers fall when that first hit what, that knees buckle, but it's either something that's in you, that's gonna be like, oh, fuck that, or you will, listen, i never forget my friend, Carol, Carol Costello, the first one I ever seen have a fight, we was in third grade, the girl hit her, right, Carol took the blood and licked it and was like, yes, and just went crazy. I was like, yo, <laughs> she's crazy. Hey, friend. <laughs> like, for real. Because she took that and turned that shit in like, yo, it was a beast. And I remember, like, her brother Eric all used to be like, yo, she a beast. And But the history behind it was when she used to get beat and shit, you know, like, she couldn't hit her mom back. But here was somebody she could hit back. Yo, she took out every... Ass whooping, <coughs> excuse me. Every anger, everything that was thrown at her by her parents and her brother and them, she took it out on the person in front of her. For real, she channeled that fucking anger, and she was like, "Yes, finally, I can let this shit go." Like for real. So I I get that part, you know. But there's also other outlets that you can let your anger out. Let me be honest. You can write. You can create something. You can go and take up step dancing and boxing, kickboxing. Like, you always have to release all of those things. That's why I always tell people, side note, find you, you know, a hobby, something you love to do. Grow plants. You know, re- redirect those emotions and feelings that are lingering. it. Color. You know, I have a coloring book in every room of my house. Cause I love to color and it, it focused me to, you know, get a clear head. I love journaling. I love writing, but I love coloring. So, you know, I tried painting, which is great, but I'm messy. So I don't, but coloring, man, I got crayons and everything. Like there's a coloring book really in every room next to a pair of glasses. Cause I need to see, and I could be somewhere and I set my glasses down And if I'm in the kitchen, I know there's a pair there in the bathroom, in the living room, in my Santo room. Like, there's a pair of glasses in every room. And I always update my prescriptions because your eyesight refocuses itself every six months to a year. So, yeah, you got to stay on top of health and, and all that. So, once again, when you're not procrastinating, you're not worrying about what the outsiders are saying, and you're not really focusing on what people are doing and you know, because they want to come at you because you're doing something they always want to do. You start focusing on you more than you changing the narrative. You start focusing on your health. You start focusing on your mental, you start focusing on the people around you. You start focusing on your boundaries, you start focusing on your gifts. You start perfecting your craft. Like you, you really are, you know? So instead of, and the, the trauma bonding shit, It's it's really sad on how many sisters I've seen that technically they're not friends. They only, because they in pain, they found everybody else that's in pain. And now we all bleeding on each other, getting infections. But can you imagine once you start healing those cuts and start healing from fucking trauma bonding with people? Because y'all got something in common, y'all hate this one, or y'all don't like this one, or we in fucked up marriages or relationships, or we can't find nobody, or our self-esteem are broken. It's part of things on why people try my mind. But when you start healing, those friendships don't seem healthy. Matter of fact, it becomes nauseating. And then you get around people that uplift you, but let you know from the door. What we're not going to do is hold your hand and sit here and baby you. nah. Go work on your healing. We here. Go, go start doing that. Okay. Here's the blueprint and the roadmap. I'm, I'm gonna continue on my journey. But every table that you get to from here on out, I spoke about you. So come correct, leave something behind, and continue on your journey. If you need me, I'll, I'll be there. But I'm not gonna jump down to meet you. I need you to rise up and meet me. Yeah. And I know most people will say, oh, my God, that's wrong. No, it's not. It's life. I'm not going to jump down off of my heel chair to meet you in the mud. No, I want you to rise up because I know it's in you. There's no more procrastinating and sitting around doing fuck shit and phony shit or, you know, we're going to put spells on people. No, we're not doing that. Come on. we adults. Come on. We talk about stuff. We get solutions. But some things, real talk, you just got to leave people where they are and let God work it out. I, I'm always say it. I blew the horn. I, I made the people away. I set the alarm. Now it's in God's hands. I ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, those women that were essayed, um, I told them, helped them. If they need me to talk or whatever. But I also, yo, here's a licensed therapist. Because that right there is a part of my pay rate. So I did what I, I had to do. And I moved on. Because the hands that bring you to the water may not be the hands that wash you. My job was to bring them to where they needed to be. Some things, yeah, okay, the spiritual part. But then we got to work on the mental, the physical the environmental, we we gotta work on those as well. Cause you are a complete human being. You're not parts. No, we work on the complete healing the complete human being, mentally, physically, spiritually, environmentally, and financially. Yeah. See, all those components work together. Mentally, therapists. Physically, exercise, eating right, being healthy, spiritually, finding uh, a foundation where you need to be, environmentally, removing yourself from all those toxic places and people, and financially, learning to come out of the poverty mind state. See, all of them work together. But see, we don't we don't want to focus on the ones that we think is hard or fearful. Majority of people don't like working on their finance. They love getting money. They just don't like working on it. A lot of people don't want to work on the physical. No, that means I got to eat healthy and no, uh uh-uh. But yet still they complain about their health and their fatness or, you know, they're not eating right and all of that. A sister told me, and I want to share this with you, right? One sister, she's a, a licensed doctor, right? GYN and stuff. And she was like, majority, not all the time, majority. Of when, you know, when a woman's edges and her hair is not growing. It's because of her wound and her all her parts down there, her vagina and all that. And I was like, get out. So I started researching. And I was like, wow. So you've got to start healing your body so your outside can glow. That means drinking water, eating, taking your vitamins and minerals, doing a little walking, some exercise. You know what I'm saying? Eating right. All of that. People get mad at me when they go, oh, you a vegetarian? Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish you eat chicken. I don't. But you're thick. Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Oh, I said, and I'm working on it. Because in order for you to be healthy, you got to put in work. That's the part. And then environmentally, people don't want that neither. Because that means I got to stop trauma bonding. I got to remove myself. I got to start setting healthy boundaries. I got to know what's right for me. And a lot of people, ah, that sentence right there. To know what's right for me, to know me. A lot of people don't know them. Because they don't want to face that. No. That means that I have to hold myself accountable. And folks don't like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I just want y'all to know that y'all can really close out the noise on the outside. Do what's right for you. Love you more. Drink some water. Eat right. Eat healthy. Stop trauma bonding. Love you. And for God's sakes, do it. Just do it. Don't worry about how it's going to end, who's going to receive it. God gave you the vision. Follow it out. Catch y'all tonight on Instagram. Peace out.